give her an Emmy, a master class in acting. I'm like, bitch, I swear to God, I live for it. But I'm like, girl. me too. I'm like, girl, I'm cute. She says, well, <laughs> I'm like, okay, girl. Okay, girl. Hello, hello, hello. I'm Joey Nolfi, Entertainment Weekly's RuPaul's Drag Race reporter. And I'm Entertainment Weekly News Director Jillian Cedarholm. And coincidentally, I also have a wife named Cheryl Ann. <laughs> This is news to me, um, but I would love to meet her. And we are gathered here today. I hope you called and told her, Jillian, that you would be working an extra shift today because we're gathered here in mourning at the Heidi Hydrates factory, or factory, as Simone might say, to donate our soft and supple tears to the mass production of Heidi and Closet's signature product as we lament the loss of our dearly beloved Miss Closet, who quit the competition in one of the most shocking drag race moments of the year, all of which we'll get into today with Heidi as our special guest, speaking from the grave with Merle Ginsburg a little later in the show. Tears of a drag queen! <laughs> We can almost hear the sound of her mating call beckoning us from the drag race abyss beyond. Wait, no, sorry. That's just the sound of a rat pissing on cotton. <laughs> Moon swing! Before we cry enough to fill George Peppard's swimming pool <laughs> with so many tears <laughs> that you can charter the SS Muse across its waters. Let's get into the recap of the most difficult episode of the season so far. Wait, Jessica, Jessica Wild, no, step away from the bottles. Those tears are for Heidi Hydrates. I love that drink. Before we get into some discussion on this wild moment and all that contributed to it, I think it's important to point out and preface all of this with a moment that happened at the beginning of this episode, episode five of All Stars 8, Snatch Game of Love. Alexis Michelle gave a cryptic warning and a confessional at the very beginning. She said, Jimbo, I'd sleep with one eye open and said that if she's seen as the front runner, people will start voting her out, which set the tone for a very wild episode. And I just want to point this out because I think not a lot of people including you, Jillian, did not catch this, correct? Correct. And then I rewatched and actually there's something you didn't catch. She actually said, sleep with <gasps> one tit open, <laughs> which was... <laughs> did she really? She did. It was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes, I did not. Famously, um, I am very attuned with everything pertaining to that word on this show. And that is the one thing that I missed, apparently. <laughs> I never miss a tit. So things began somewhat <laughs> normally. <laughs> we saw the queens. We saw the queens prepare. Before we get into the, the later drama, we got to talk about the main challenge, Snatch Game. Mm -hmm. so we saw the queens preparing celebrities for the Snatch Game of Love Challenge, which featured Snatchlers Matt Rogers and Bowen Yang, which was a full circle moment for me because I credit these two as the reason that I started watching 
Drag Race in the first place because they have a podcast called Lost Culturistas and they had Jinx in Alaska, who I had no idea who they were, on his guests. And I thought they were some of the funniest people I had ever heard. Excuse um, me. I need to interrupt Miss N Closet here. To say you're funnier than Jinx in Alaska? No, to say that um, Matt and Bowen are the reason that you started watching Drag Race? But you're the reason I continue. Yes, yes, there we go. There we go. Okay. But this okay. is also not true. <laughs> Wait, what? what do you mean it's not true? I'm the reason you watch Drag Race. You're the reason I. Uh, I don't know. I'll think about that. Who <laughs> ever told you that you were the reason? It's not true. I can pull up. I have the Slack messages that are like, oh my God, I just listened to this podcast and two queens from the show were on it. And they were so funny. Who knew drag queens were funny? I got to start watching this. And thing. we have an entire recorded prior podcast called EW's Binge, which laid, the, which I thought laid the foundation of our history and our friendship. But apparently that means nothing to Miss Closet. Oh, Cheryl Ann's going to hear some venting today. <laughs> <laughs> I feel so bad for Cheryl Ann. Oh no. Uh, so let's get into this Snatch Game before we do more revisionist history. The first group include, included Heidi as Blackbeard, Jessica Wilde as Iris Chacon, Kahana Montrese as her drag mother, Coco Montrese, and James Mansfield as Jennifer Coolidge. The second group had Alexis as B. Arthur. Candy Muse as Renee Graziano, La La Ree as Sukiana, and Jimbo as Shirley Temple. How did we feel about these selections? I don't think we saw Rue making anyone change their mind in the workroom this time. Uh, but how do we feel about Snatch Game of Love overall? Yeah, no, I, we did not see Rue attempting to change anybody. Um, I also love Jillian. You got through that brilliantly. I purposely gave you um, all of the celebrity names, including celebrities, some of whom I know you don't know who they are. So I am very proud with your <laughs> with your ability to get through that. Uh, I think, look, there is always going to be a part of me that is deeply in love with Snatch Game for what it once was. I don't think we have had a collectively good Snatch Game or Snatch Game of Love in many, many years. I mean, we can look at it. There are individual performances that stand out. Jinx Monsoon, Jimbo. Um, I always go back to Simone as um, Harriet Tubman as being like one of the most underrated Snatch Games ever. But I just think that we've reached a point where the challenge has almost become too legendary for its own good it's people focused on having these good moments instead of staying in character in the moment and in going back and forth with rue and i think that as much as we love heidi and closet and what she does on the show i think this is kind of exemplified at least the problem with snatch game was exemplified in that moment and it's not necessarily the queen's fault because i think that they see what goes over well in Snatch Game now is when you have like a moment and you have a memeable moment and you have something that you know will go viral. And Heidi was doing the gags with Kahana, like with the map and that later led to drama in the workroom. But I think that that takes away from actually building a character in Snatch Game and sort of having those moments 
come out naturally from the character that you've built instead of trying to orchestrate a character built around moments that you think are going to work. And I really just think that it's inevitable now that Snatch Game has become too big for its own good, where its legacy sort of in history precedes it. And I don't know that we're ever going to see a collectively good Snatch Game ever again. And I just think it might be time to remix this format, maybe not entirely do away with the celebrity impersonations, but maybe just make it a different context. What if we had like a a talent show of celebrity impersonations where they all get up and do five minute stand up sets as a celebrity? That Mm. could be that could be great. I just think the Snatch Game format is no longer working. I I think it still works for me in a way. I think that any great snatch game is as great as its strongest players as long as you have a couple of strongest yeah. players because to me the thing I really do love about it that stands apart from other just celebrity impersonations is that they are playing in character. And I don't think it would work unless you truly have a gifted improviser or gifted impressionist. To have, like, sure, Alexis could go up there and give us five minutes of B. Arthur, but I don't think that other people who we've seen succeed in the past could go up and do the same thing, especially with a completely invented character. I really like seeing them play off of each other. Like, we have seen a million queens do Jennifer Coolidge, and I know a lot of people were... I think James was kind of damned if she does, damned if she doesn't, because so many people were like, oh, James has to do Jennifer Coolidge. She like already sounds and looks pretty much like her. And then I think now the criticism is like, oh, that was such a safe pick for James. And I'm like, well, what do you want from it her? It doesn't make but sense. But I think to yeah. me, she was at least like playing in that character. Like she had like, she knew enough about it to to own it and be able to bounce off of people. Um, and, you know, we don't have that many queens in here that are actual comedians and improv comedians that's a really hard thing to do so to me i I agree like and i think that snatch game of love is the one that i am ready to do away with because we're not getting to see them all at the same time and even season 15 having it split up into two groups i really want to see everyone interacting um Mm -hmm. I think with Heidi and Kahana, though, I've been thinking about it a lot because when I first watched it, I was like, yeah, that was kind of shady. Not shady, like not that she meant it, but just that it was throwing Kahana off because Candy was approaching her kind of Heidi out of character, telling Kahana out of character, like here's a joke. But I can also see it from Heidi's perspective, the same way that Manila was kind of trying to save the um, disastrous All-Stars 4 Snatch Game of Love with Latrice getting so pissed at um, uh, Gia Gunn. Yeah. And then Manila kept kind of like throwing something, but Manila was still doing it in character and like referring to Latrice as Della Reese. And um, so I think that kind of saved it. Whereas I think if Heidi was still like, she showed her the treasure map and that's still Blackbeard, but I don't know if she had said it in a more Blackbeard way or said something about uh, Coco or I don't know, like brought up Alyssa in some way, I think it would have been a little, I think it would have maybe been taken differently than just pointing out like, where is the joke? Yeah. Yeah, no, I see that. And and Heidi did look, I mean, genuinely shocked when Kahana brought this up. We'll get to this a little bit later, but I don't think that necessarily Heidi realized in the moment that oh, yeah, it was going no on like that. She looked genuinely shaken. Like, and, and we never see Heidi like that. We never see Heidi sort of have a moment where she looks like speechless and almost a little embarrassed. So I, I think that, you know, it, it seemed like she didn't realize that that's what she was doing. Um, 
I do want to point out though, you already talked about James uh, doing a really good job with this, but I think Jimbo, we, we, I mean, obviously the challenge winner this week also had an amazing runway, but I mean, this is just an all time great snatch game. I think that Jimbo just gets this challenge. This is exactly up Jimbo's alley. And I think that Jimbo was doing things like what I was saying before. It was a, character that was just so deeply embedded in Jimbo's mind that Jimbo allowed those moments to come out seeming seemingly both planned but also reacting in the moment to what was going on in the snatch game and then also just completely hijacking it with a moment that was maybe unrelated but still worked really well with the character and was just so absurd in the moment with the tap dancing which is like one of my all-time favorite snatch game moments I cannot think about it without laughing and just the looks on candy's face in particular candy watching this happen it is priceless it's so funny and that little doll jillian i know you want that little doll that jimbo had with her i know you want it oh a hundred percent that looks like a haunted doll that would be in my home (laughs) but yeah no i i agree and i think that's why it's such a smart pick to go with a historical choice of somebody who isn't remembered for maybe isn't remembered enough for a couple of specific things, but you're not going so much into their biography. So either it's someone like so far in history that we don't know their personality, or you're just picking this one specific thing like Jinx with Judy and Alex with Eliza on her previous snatch game and with Jimbo and this, he wasn't going into this whole like Shirley Temple later as an adult was still famous and uh, had gone into like politics and activism and like none of that mattered. It was just like this little girl character, like the absurdity of it and then allowing yourself to play yeah. in that and then also say like now I'm 100 years old even though you're still doing this little girl <laughs> character, which I just, yeah, the absurdity <laughs> of that was very funny and then also – the most uh, dancing we've gotten rhythm we've from ever Jimbo, seen from Jimbo, yes. which was so funny. I also, I, I, I also, um, I, I'm gonna say it. I liked Jessica too. <laughs> I did. I thought Jessica was entertaining, but maybe that's just because anything that Jessica does is entertaining. I just, I love anything that she does. So I thought that she was kind of funny. I also mm-hmm. was. I found myself laughing at. Heidi too, especially the when she did the even though it necessarily wasn't as absurd as Jimbo's, but I liked the peg leg gag. I thought I thought the peg leg gag was was funny. And I, yeah. I don't think that I think for for Heidi it was a weaker, I mean obviously a weaker episode that be, but that's because I have argued that she should be in the top every other episode. Yeah, yeah. This one I disagree with the Queens, as we saw in Untucked, all saying that they thought yeah, they thought she Heidi would have been, been in the bottom. I did yeah. not I did not agree with that. Like I thought Same. she was able to play off of the character like the even though she had a planned bit with the peg leg i she didn't know that the foot fetish question was coming and then was able to say like you're gonna you're gonna you'll get a splinter yeah um so i mean you know like that was also really funny and so to me like i actually yeah jessica i really would have put jessica in the bottom because i think she wasn't playing into enough like pivoting off of the character other than kind of like making um 
noises and stuff. I, I'm not I don't know. saying to me, it was a great was a... snatch game performance. I'm just saying I like watching Jessica Wilde just be crazy on camera. This, this is your new Evie was great as Whoopi Goldberg. Evie, okay. one of my favorite queens to watch, but like revisionist that's... history. I never said that Evie was great as Whoopi Goldberg. I said that Evie well, oddly was nowhere near as bad as people say that she was. I thought it was amusing. I did not think it was a great snatch game performance. I think that Evie did all right in that challenge i don't think she should have been on the top we'll check the tapes oh my gosh well even evie (laughs) disagrees with me as i believe yes um, she said (laughs) on this podcast so um whatever um no but that's interesting because and i also thought that coco was a really good choice for kahana and i think because i think that you could have at least like just kind of done catchphrases and brought up drama or read people as a fellow to be honest i really i don't think she bombed I, I don't think she bombed. I really don't. I, think I was laughing. I think she bombed. Even Rue was laughing at some of the stuff. And like, you, we know well, how edit, how shady the edit can be sometimes. And I don't think the edit was necessarily super shady for a, a, a Snatch Game performance that supposedly bombed. I mean, you look at so many other Snatch Game performances that have bombed in the past and just how awful they are. And this was far and away better than than those. Yeah, okay. It's not it's definitely not in the pantheon of worst yeah, she snatch did not game bomb. performances of all times, but mm-hmm. but I mean one of the jokes that she got that made Rue laugh was thanks to Heidi handing her the treasure <laughs> match and then like map and then her just like having a comeback. Um anything else about about snatch game before we get into the the no, what we're all just here to my discuss? Jealousy over these two snatchlers who apparently have opened the uh, doorway to Drag Race for you. Fuck my drag, right? Oof. All right, I'm going to hear all about this later. Oh um, yes, you are. <laughs> you and you and your wife. <laughs> oh, she's going to leave me. Um, okay, so let's get into the moment that we're here to discuss. Um, but let's break it down into a couple of different things that happened. So after Snatch Game, the queens come back and they're getting ready. And Kahana first tells Candy that she is feeling a certain way about Heidi's Snatch Game play and then decides to go directly to Heidi to say that she felt like Heidi was kicking her when she was down in the Snatch Game and possibly antagonizing her. And as you said, Heidi seemed really taken aback and started to apologize to Kahana. But how did you feel about how this all played out? I I mean, I actually thought that this was really a somewhat interesting clash in the workroom. Uh, I thought it was, we we don't, we haven't really seen. I mean, we can think of certain things in the past, like when Latrice was upset about snatch game, some people bringing up interactions in snatch game. And also didn't somebody say it about Eureka too? that Eureka, Eureka was like stealing a moment or something on season 10. I think, I think so. Was yeah, that Eureka I was, it, oh, I think it might've been season 10. It was yes, 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 yes. Um, for honey boo boo. Um, yeah. when Eureka was honey boo boo. So, um, we have seen it in the past, but I think that that's always a somewhat interesting thing because we never really see the Queens afterwards talking about their problems with each other. They always sort of talk about, how hard snatch game is as a challenge, but I always find it interesting when they break down the interactions between them and snatch game. So I thought that this was really going somewhere that would lead to a juicy clash, but then. (laughs) 
Well, it see, was I, cut I short actually and never brought up again. <laughs> well, I I felt kind of opposite because I didn't see it coming into a. a I think it cre- became a juicy clash, but I thought it was actually this really sweet moment of just kind of these two people who we know have been close on the show and are friendly, and just kind of playing out them talking about it. And so I think it was like yeah. kind of a, a nice way to not have as much drama as we sometimes would. I mean, I know everyone else would much rather that, but for me, I'm like, oh, watching people talk out their problems, it teaches me how to how to ever attempt to do that in my own life. Yeah, it's I get what you're saying. I think that what I mean is I thought it was an interesting thing to explore and I'm glad that it was brought up because it's we don't usually see that too often. But I'm not necessarily saying like Oh, I thought it was like I love to see them going at it. I I do like to see them talking about the dynamic between them in Snatch Game more because we usually hear them talking about how the challenge itself is so difficult. But when somebody else has an issue with when somebody else was performing how somebody else was performing in Snatch Game, I always find that really interesting. Well, that's because you're very aggressive. So <laughs> just as <laughs> So yes, just as that just as that felt like it was starting to get resolved and Heidi was mid-apology, Candy jumped in to say, well, speaking of being sisters, and it seemed like Candy like had this maybe ready to go because it was kind of a weird moment to pop in. Um, but she said that she heard that Heidi told Jimbo to look out for Candy because Candy was allegedly plotting to vote Jimbo out. Heidi said that I think Heidi just like immediately was like, <laughs> because you did Alexis and then like cut immediately to Alexis nodding um, and then saying, and then what, then Candy said, why did you, or you did hear that? And she said, yes, she, she both physically and verbally confirmed that she had heard Candy say that until Candy directly said, I said yeah, I was gunning for you. I said I was gunning for Jimbo and then immediately, no. So took it completely back. Um, and that just turned into a huge back and forth with everybody, I think, not knowing who to believe. So were you living for this drama? And what were you, what were you thinking as it played out? We did. I mean, in our last episode, we said we think this tea that Heidi has involves her alliance in some way. And boy, did it. We, yes, this was, oh gosh. I mean, on the one hand, it's like you want to say that this is the kind of drag race drama that is the most exciting, but it just, the fact that it comes at, at the expense of someone's place in the competition who we have heard so many person, both on this podcast and on the show about all the personal things that were sort of contributing to this. And it just makes you feel for her and all the stuff that she was going through with her grandmother and her family, which she also talks about a little bit later on the, this episode of this podcast. But so you do have that and it is a sort of weighty. There's a lot going into this, but it's also just, I mean, it's great television and seeing someone like Heidi make go in real time process what is happening Alexis also getting another Oscar nomination for her crying after Heidi left but also her nodding in agreement <laughs> with Heidi and then taking it back and being like no that's not what I that's not what I heard it's just it's yeah you so can just good. see the wheels turning and yes. Alexis's brain during the whole thing of like what like what should I be saying yes. right now I mean it was just it was so good 
it was so entertaining to watch. I just wish that and we didn't have to wait for untucked. And we did I'm not have to wait for untucked for this. A normal episode. True. It's just, you know, Heidi is such a great competitor and she's such a great queen. She was doing so well this season, even if she wasn't placing in the top in the judges' eyes. It just, it was really hard to see her and how bad this genuinely affected her. Like there was something clearly going on with her that, and you know, her message is clear and vital. If you're not comfortable in a situation, get yourself out of the situation. And she did just that. And I'm happy that she did what was right for her. But damn, this was like, this is one of the most shocking drag race moments I think we've had in quite some time. Definitely more shocking than anything that happened on season 15 or 14, I think. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was it was really a bummer. Like, is at first I was yeah. like, oh, this is you know, this is kind of fun. It's like it's it's drama, but it's low stakes drama of like who said this and mm-hmm. are you going to vote them out? And I was like, yeah, you might. It's like we've seen this a lot of times where people have openly said they're gonna like that's what they're gonna do. So it's not that big of a deal until you actually do it. Um, but so yeah, when she said, you know, just vote for me at the end, but I was still thinking like, I don't think she's going to be in the bottom. And then when she was like, nope, never mind, just I'm, I'll leave right now. I mean, I could definitely like been there when you're in a conversation or in a circumstance that's just so uncomfortable that you're like, is this just going to continue to be like this? Or can I just immediately remove myself? But I just was really concerned that she was going to regret it. Like we saw Adore kind of considering it a lot more and speaking to people. And I know Mm -hmm. that like the other queens were coming up to Heidi and I'm sure this didn't all happen quite as quickly as it played out because you have to, you know, squeeze it into an hour long TV show. But yeah, yeah, I was just really worried. Like, is she gonna, you know, is this what she wants to be known for now on the show as one of the couple of queens who have quit the show? I, I, I think that it's just... She, as she says in this interview that we have coming up, she does not regret a thing. She answered very quickly. She does not regret a thing. She said she was uncomfortable and she was very proud of what she showed. And I think that, and as I told Heidi in this interview too, I think that there is a very clear difference in the Heidi's that we saw on season 12 and this season. Season 12, Heidi, I think was still very confident in ways that we don't usually see from queens that were, you know, as early into their career as Heidi was back on season 12. But the growth and the evolution and the sort of standing in her power that we've seen her come into going into All-Stars 8, I think made this a much easier decision for her. So it was inspiring in a way to watch it. And I think that, yes, Heidi is going to be known for this, uh, at least in the Drag Race fandom. But she has just built up such a reputation for herself outside that, I mean, people are going to be hanging on whatever she does next. And they're going to be excited to see that. And this is not going to define her as an artist, I don't think. And... Uh, I also think it's interesting because we have, this comes back to something that I've been thinking about with Jimbo, where we're seeing Jimbo play a very different game here. I mean, we're used to a very sort of, I think on even on Canada's Drag Race season one, Jimbo was very, not combative, but Jimbo was, you know, sort of like tugging at people. And um, I'm thinking of mm-hmm. that moment with, was it Alona? When they're they're in the sort of untucked in Canada and Jimbo and Alona are sort of going at it with each other. And it's just it Jimbo seems to be playing a different game here. I think that Jimbo is taking a backseat to this drama and is sort of a bystander and, and observing it and taking it all in versus inserting herself into it. Which I think yeah. is is very interesting this this time around. Cause I thought that Jimbo might have gotten a little bit more into this 
argument than what we actually saw on this episode. So that is a very interesting dynamic. And I also want to point out that I know a lot of people, and I was thinking about this over the weekend, a lot of people cite Adore and Ben De La Creme as the people who have quit All-Stars. But if you remember, we also had Mayhem Miller and Angina technically quitting too, even though they made it through to the elimination ceremonies, they pulled their mm-hmm. own lipsticks. So, yeah. um, and I think that those are things that don't necessarily define mayhem or angina. So, mm-hmm. um, and Dela has gone on to have such an incredible career and so has Adore. So, yeah, I think it'll follow Heidi for a little bit, but I think that people are going to look at it in a different context than they look at it at someone like Adore's or Dela's. Yeah, but will uh, sudden bursts of crying... <laughs> To find Alexis Michelle. Well, <laughs> I hope it I'm happens here for every it. episode. I, yeah, I do too. I love I'm, it. I love all the reactions to it by the other queens. It's amazing. Oh, it is so good. It is so. I mean, uh, give Alexis Michelle her Academy Award. She <laughs> she needs it. Well, the gags continued on the main stage with Jimbo, I think rightfully winning Snatch Game, coupled with an amazing runway for the Reveal Yourself theme. Mm. And in Jimbo's ongoing saga of lost lost lip syncs, it's uh, just getting to be cruel torture at this point as it was revealed that Jimbo would be lip syncing against the incredible Jasmine Kennedy this week. And Jimbo, unfortunately, lost the lip sync within the first five seconds by tripping as soon as the song began. And Jasmine just, I mean, I feel bad saying this, but Jasmine just mopped the floor with her. But it is still endlessly entertaining to watch Jimbo in these lip syncs. And I am all for the Jimbo revolution and building more weight behind that if it ever comes upon us. Because you know when Jimbo wins that lip sync, it is going to be like, it's going to feel great. But but I just I just don't understand like I just if Jimbo and Untucked was also just fully acknowledging also like her her uh, weakness <laughs> at the in lip syncing but I just I'm kind of at this point not understanding why she's not leaning way way more into the comedy of the lip syncs we've seen people win with comedic approaches to lip syncs and unless it's yeah. just like completely misses the ball on the song like you know little King michaels i mean that i guess that wasn't done for <laughs> comedy reasons but you know when you're just like going wild to a, a ballad but i mean i just think that there are you know like we saw with jessica and coconuts like why is jimbo not taking that approach more often it just kind of being way too safe for jimbo yeah i, th- I think that and i'll go back to this too i think that jimbo is just putting herself in outfits that just seem really hard to do anything in for a lip sync. I mean, the heels are so high. It, they look really restrictive, the outfits that Jimbo is in. So I think that might have something to do with it. But I would love her to just come and just like trip and fall the entire time then and just pretend like the floor is so slippery that you can't even get up. I saw, I saw, I think right, right before we did this, I was on Twitter and I saw somebody say that, like, imagine if Jimbo just took off the outfit that she had on is she had on Shirley Temple under and just started doing the tap dance <laughs> yeah, that she would have exactly. won. And I'm like, yes, exactly. <laughs> she absolutely would have won. So Jimbo, do that next time. Um, but we did have, there was a, a further twist on this episode. Nobody was eliminated. So I am kind of conflicted about this too. I'm interested to know how you feel about them making the Queens still vote because all of them did vote for Kahana, 
but they didn't eliminate anybody because RuPaul announced at the end of the lip sync after Jasmine won that actually Jasmine would not be pulling a lipstick and nobody would be going home and everybody was ecstatic and Jessica and Kahana are hugging each other. But how do we feel about them still making the Queen's vote? I mean, it's, I guess, a little bit cruel, but it also just does <laughs> add to drama and track records for the future. Kahana noticeably did not vote for herself, even though in, True. in Untucked, it did seem like she was basically giving up of saying like, you know, I thought it was me versus Heidi and I know that I'm the one to go because Jessica didn't deserve to be there, which I we disagree on. Yeah. Um. But so, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of glad that they did i mean i don't want it to be held against either of these queens and now like all future votes it's another notch in their in their track record as being in the bottom but uh i don't know i I mean i guess also i mean well next week we know is rusical and then we know ahead probably probably, joan rivers (laughs) okay yes i saw that it was joan the rusical and i'm like well jimbo's winning this jimbo (laughs) one snatch game is joan rivers you know i would love like the whole thing is just spoken word like making cruel (laughs) jokes to people i would love that musical um but i i think that kahana like probably challenges that are coming up are things that she will likely be strong in i i don't know like what else is coming up but i mean we've done so many comedy challenges in a row now that there i'm sure there's going to be some more things that are involving more of her her showgirl strength yeah so i I think she'll do really well in the rusical and i just i think i mean i understand why they had to make the vote because they couldn't say right away oh nobody's going home so we can't have you go through the motions of the rest of the show and then have whoever is doing the lip sync for the top two like there's no incentive to do the lip sync then so i understand that and i also think it just it makes for good drama for the top of next episode because you know at the top of next episode we're going to get them all sitting there and they're all going to pull kahana's lipsticks and kahana's going to have to watch it and she's going to have to talk to them in the like the first five minutes of the next episode yeah like we're all going to see but, i mean okay this is box. making this is making old consp- or consp- the the regular conspiracy theories come back up that we hear i think every season when there's some surprise that someone didn't win a lip sync and it's always like well did she throw it because she didn't want to be the person to pick and so i don't know what if there is what if jimbo has so much ptsd from how uk versus <laughs> the world played out that she doesn't want to be the bad guy who makes a choice. So this is her way. I mean, you know, it comes out later, but it's usually, I think she's always voted with the group anyway in all of her decisions. Yeah, yeah, she has. Yeah, because that's been three times now. Damn, yeah, Jimbo has won now three challenges. That is, wow. Um, So just one one other thing that I was also pondering. Yes, this mysterious note in the (laughs) script that just says, Jillian, question. So I know how it works now, but why is it called the Fame Games? Because it's just based on their look, not how famous they are. (laughs) Not Jilly and Closet after a month and a half of All-Stars 8. Still not understanding the fucking Fame Games. It's not about their fame and there's only one game. Why is it games? Because if they win... Because if they win, they're going to be even more famous because they're going to be the very first person and they're like fighting for attention. Like they're fighting for fame. It's the fame games. And also it fucking rhymes, Jillian. God. (laughs) But it's not fame's games. Oh my God. (laughs) All right. I'm still calling that there's going to be a twist. (laughs) 
And if for some reason, we, 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 I mean, we don't know now that I'm thinking for rhyming, if James is eliminated and James wins the fame games, it will be James fames games. Okay, so then it will make sense why it's poor. Only for that reason. And if Sarah Haynes from The View ever reports on it, Sarah Haynes fame games. (laughs) (laughs) Well, sit right there in soft and supple silence. You don't want to miss a second of our interview with Heidi and Closet in which she discusses what was said during the alleged off-camera conversation with Candy about Jimbo, her reactions to Alexis Michelle's crying and her answer to Heidi's request for corroboration, plus the status of her relationship with her sisters now, and she also reveals who was a secret, and I quote, honorary member of the Alliance. So stay tuned. This is a really great interview coming up next. Hey folks, it's Hunter Lewis, Editor-in-Chief of Food & Wine. This fall, we're launching the new Food & Wine Classic in Charleston with our partners at Southern Living and Travel and Leisure, and we want to see you there. This incredible three-day culinary experience will showcase the hospitality, food, drinks, and culture of one of our favorite cities in the country. Join us September 27th to 29th to learn more from iconic chefs, share a glass with innovative wine experts, and get to know Charleston with one-of-a-kind experiences curated by the experts at Food & Wine, Southern Living, and Travel and Leisure. Tickets are on sale now at foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. That's foodandwine.com forward slash Charleston Classic. See you down in Charleston. Welcome back to EW's Quick Drag Podcast. And I promise you, I know we just spoke to my next guest not even two weeks ago on this very show, but she has given us all a jaw-dropping reason to have her back, even if it means she's no longer on our screens worrying about Heidi on RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars 8 any longer. Please welcome back to the show, the lovely, always divine, Miss Heidi and Closet. Hi, Heidi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I am doing fabulous. I think I'm still in shock after this episode. I think yeah. you understand that you have gagged the world with this. Um, how are you feeling now that this episode is sort of out into the world and you're seeing how the fans are processing this moment? Honestly, it's been such an incredible experience, honestly. I'm, I, over the last couple of months, I've definitely been like riddled with anxiety and, and struggling with like, I've, I've gone through like bouts of depression and stuff like this because you just never know. And then like the waiting and the waiting and the waiting and you just don't know how it will look and how it will come off to the masses but ever since then it's kind of been just like a very i would say probably 95 percent has been very positive energies and love my way so i'm just so grateful that people see me and see my talents and see that i did what was best for me in the heat of the moment yes i think that that is you know at the forefront of this discussion is you doing what was right for Heidi. And also you have now given us your presidential campaign slogan for 2024, vote Heidi. I mean, like, come on. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> also, I gotta, I'm gonna run. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna get in there. Yeah. Get in office. <laughs> That's what we need. Choices 2024. <laughs> Absolutely. Redux. The Redux. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, I do want to talk about this moment because it has a lot of people talking. You did say on the show that Candy told you that she wanted to get Jimbo out of the competition. So did you think 
in your mind that there was an actual campaign or plot to vote Jimbo out? Or was it closer to what Candy said in the workroom to Jimbo's face a couple episodes ago about people maybe voting out the biggest competition and that Jimbo should be nervous about that? It was very much giving plotting and scheming to get out Jimbo. It was giving very bad. It was. And I, okay, so, because I remember that this makes me think of back on All Stars 5 when I interviewed India Farrow when she okay. had to leave about a similar instance where she told Shay that there was an off camera campaign against her. So yeah. I'll ask you the same thing that I asked India back then. Um, what was the exact wording of how it was said to you and the context within which it was said, just to be clear? Um, the exact wording was the producers love her. If her ass ever lands in the bottom, we will all send her home. So Candy said that to you and Alexis. Open quote, in quote, yeah. Okay. So in the workroom, you you asked Alexis to confirm what you were saying that Candy told you because apparently Alexis heard it too. So was this, was Alexis also involved in an alliance somehow? Was this like another Heidi and alliance? She was not necessarily involved in our alliance. She did want to be part of our alliance. Um, but we were like, She's talented. She she uh she will do great things in the competition. She will probably win something at some point and maybe help us along the way as well. So I don't know. If she, she was giving very honorary member to the alliance. Honorary member, Alexis Michelle. But not but not to just me, but to the whole alliance. Not so it's not just Heidi and Alliance. Yeah, there was like she was just very much honorary a member. Okay. Yes. No, I get that. And it, so this was, this is just something that just came up like, you know, girls talk. Was there any other significance to how this conversation came up? I think that's pretty much it. It was just, I was gagged because honestly, I personally assumed that since we were all trying to work together, that Alexis would probably tell Jimbo. Mm -hmm. So when Jimbo had approached me, I was like, I'll tell you, this is what was what. Right. Yes. Cause that's the other thing is that so, so Jimbo then, also approached you and you two spoke about it Mm -hmm. not in the worker yes well no me and her were actually in the worker when we had spoke me and jimbo yeah okay okay got it but not on camera okay okay understood so was jim so jimbo was pretty shaken by this too well i don't i don't necessarily know because her reaction was very just like bland to me me telling her that she came up because she came up to me thinking she was nervous because she felt like there was tension in our alliance, which I can definitely see that for sure. And I told her with you and me, we're fine. But I told her to go talk to Candy because Candy was starting to rally the girls against her. Okay. So how did Jimbo find out that Candy initially said this? Did you tell Jimbo yes. prior to Jimbo approaching you in the workroom? Okay. No, 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 no. I did not tell her prior to approaching. She came up to me shortly after it had happened. And that's when... I told her. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just trying to get everything factually, like sequentially in order. Okay. So I have a full picture of it now. Okay. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. So Alexis, then after you sort of asked Alexis to corroborate this, she first nodded and said, Candy said that about Jimbo Mm -hmm. before sort of walking it back to say that she never heard Candy say it. So, and it seemed like this was maybe the straw that sort of broke the camel's back before you left um, was Alexis sort of not corroborating it in the way that maybe you had envisioned. So how did you feel about Alexis in that moment? I definitely assumed that, you know, Alexis was very open and vocal about how she wanted to come back to the show and uh, try and change how people 
I viewed her in past seasons. Mm-hmm. And something like this come up, you know, there's a, there's a, I see it as an opportunity to now, you know, start chugging that along. And I, that wasn't necessarily what perspired, you know, was that the right word? Perspired? Transpired, maybe? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's the word. What did you think of Alexis's, um, what, what Alexis, when she sort of broke down after you, you left? Uh, a masterclass in acting. <laughs> Give her an Emmy. Oscar incoming. Yes, a masterclass in acting. I'm like, bitch, I swear, I live, I live for it. But I'm like, me too. I'm like, girl, I'm cute. She says, well, I'm like, okay, girl. Okay, girl. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Like, I mean, yes, she is an actress. I was cackling. I was like, this bitch, I live. Well, she and Jimbo went on Instagram Live last night to discuss the episode, and she did say on the Instagram Live that she was scared of Candy during filming, and Jimbo said that there were other factors contributing to you leaving. And I know you and I talked two weeks ago, and you sort of said the same thing, that there was a lot of pressure and a lot of emotional things going on for you outside the competition. So can you maybe elaborate on both of those things like could you sense that alexis was maybe apprehensive of candy and what else was sort of going on with you emotionally at this point for me personally i didn't know how apprehensive around candy uh alexis was um so that was news to me which is why i was so taken aback because alexis kind of she kind of approached all three me candy and jimbo as wanting to work with us and she actually uh she approached me first so I just mm-hmm. like, okay, well, she she clearly just, she wants to work with us. So I'm like, and the thing is, she also was probably closer to Jimbo than anyone else at that time because just how things had worked out, honestly. So I was like, okay, I, I just assumed that she would want to take the side of us. But I just, I didn't see that, that how it happened was going to happen. Um, as far as things outside the competition, it was very much, when my grandmother passed away, I kind of, I didn't really delve into those emotions too much because I was really hurt by it. So I kind of just threw myself into my work. So that was very much weighing on me. My family life, um, my grandmother was very much the glue that held my family together. It was, it was very few of us, very like my immediate family is few of us, and my grandmother was what held the glue together. And when she passed, all hell kind of broke loose with my family. Like there was fighting over the house, fighting over this, that, and the third. Guns got pulled out. It was, yeah. just, it was just very ugly. And this was like two months before leaving for all stars so it was mm-hmm. that all that was still my my grandmother passed like a while before that but like all that with the family was happening like months before leaving and like even running up into like prep time for all stars it was still happening too so i was definitely feeling and going through all those emotions too it's very sad because i'm a very close-knit with my family and then i moved away so i'm not as close to them like physically and then seeing that my family just torn apart by the loss of my grandmother really kind of hurt. So I was very yeah. much dealing with that. Yeah, I, I'm so sorry that you went through that, Heidi. And I, I imagine it's difficult to also process those emotions on camera, too. Yeah. So I, I, I understand and I hear a lot of what you're saying and my heart does go out to you for that. I do like, though, that we, I think I told you this when we interviewed last time, too, that I, I like that 
we sort of are getting to know the kind of person that your grandmother was through you. And, you know, that just makes me smile because I think you said one of your quotes this episode too was also something that your grandmother used to say. Yeah, she used to say all the time. She used to say, it's so quiet, you can hear a rat piss on cotton. That's something she would always (laughs) say. And I I think this time around, I've definitely been a lot more vocal about how I feel. And I think that kind of stems from her because she was very much the type of woman that was just, very like what comes up comes out kind of deal like she's gonna she's going to say what's on her mind and i think i kind of like have taken that in and like really adopted that as part of who i am too because honestly at the end of the day that's how i want to be i want i'm going to be very upfront i'm being very honest i'm being very open and that's that's how what i aim to do and be yeah and i do think that we can see that i think there is a marked difference between the heidi that we saw on season 12 and the heidi that we saw on all stars 8 it does seem like you are I think the word power, it seems like you're you're sort of standing in your own power a little bit more on All-Stars 8. You seem a little bit more confident. You seemed a little bit more assured in your decisions because um, this was a big decision to make. Yes. And it did make me think of something I was a little bit surprised by because since Jimbo is the front runner at this point, mm-hmm. did it, I was thinking about all of this and I was thinking, did it cross your mind to if Candy did say this to get Jimbo out? to maybe team up with Candy to vote Jimbo out since that would also have benefited you in the game as well. No. Um, th- of course, there's thinking. When things come up, there's thinking. But my thinking process was, do I like that she's winning everything? Partially no, because I do believe that I was also bringing excellence to the competition. Um, but yes. also, I was also thinking, she's winning everything. The other girls are going to naturally start looking at that and see her as the threat. So if they do try to pull the pageant and want to get rid of somebody that's a threat, it would probably be her. So I was fine with her winning everything. And also when it comes to lip syncing, you know, the rollover money is very cute. The rollover money is very, very cute. So I was like, let her keep winning it. That's fine. That's fine. And yeah. <laughs> and the only the only thing that about Jimbo that was ever like even discussed of like, for me personally, was calculating was me and Candy had this conversation. If I and Jimbo ever landed in the bottom, or if she and Jimbo ever landed in the bottom, what we would do was to mitigate Alexis's power with our alliance, we would vote to cross out Alexis because we felt that Alexis was closer to Jimbo than us. So we knew she would vote one of us out. So we were all like, okay, just to make sure that we can cancel out her vote, we'll vote to save each other. Okay. So there, yes, was, there was never is... a campaign to. For me personally, there was never a complaint to get Jimbo out. There was always just a chance to mitigate any craziness that would happen to her, either of us. God, this is so like, I mean, the strategy that goes into this, it really is a lot. And that must take an emotional toll, you know, having to sort of strategize like that. So I just want to clarify too with Alexis, like, so she did then approach you and Jimbo to be in the alliance, but you, you or, I'm Candy. sorry, you and Candy of, and Candy to be in the alliance. And but you were all sort of just treating her, like you said, as the honorary member, unbeknownst to her. Um, I don't know if it was unbeknownst to her. I feel like we never, we we definitely made made it to a point that we never really made it an official alliance with her. We don't even know if she actually knew the three of us were an alliance together either. So it was kind of just like she really wanted to work with the three of us specifically, not necessarily she wanted to work with the alliance. Okay. All right. Got it. Do you, looking back on this, I feel like I know how you're going to answer already, but looking back on this, do you sort of have any regrets over doing this now? I mean, leaving the competition. Absolutely not. I have zero regrets. I stand by the decisions I made. I'm very proud of what I got to show. I'm very happy that, honestly, Kahana got to stay. Because, honestly, during my exit, I was 
I was very hurt that she felt like I was trying to put her down. So in my head, I was thinking maybe if I go, maybe it can rectify that and she gets to stay. And she did. So she's, yeah. she's welcome. <laughs> so who, who was the first then of your sisters to reach out to you once you were back home? And what have the conversations been with them like since? Because I've seen you posting photos with, you know, everybody. So you're good with everybody, yeah. I assume. Yeah. But who was the first sister to reach out to you once you got back home? I talked to some of them. And then um, once the whole, all the filming was done, I finished talking with everyone. And I had my conversation with everyone one by one. Uh, and we really just had really good conversations. We just were able to speak it out, get things off our minds and like see where, what, what was going on and what we were feeling and all that stuff. And just really just hammering things out. So that's kind of where it all started once the season was pretty much wrapped filming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you're okay with all of them now? Absolutely. Absolutely. Great. So the last thing I want to ask you is you you said in your final confessional that no amount of money is worth your happiness. So I'm just wondering, um, you know, do you feel that you showed everything that you had to show? And what do you want fans to remember as your legacy on All Stars 8? Oh, goodness. Um, I do believe I came and showed everything I needed to show. Um, The first time around, the really thing that was really holding me back was my outfits. So for me personally, I don't think I really needed like a whole redemption i feel like the a whole like like i feel like all stars eight has very much like we give redemptions and stuff and i don't think i really had much to redeem as far as that all i needed was nicer outfits so i came back i showed that i showed my growth i allowed my talents to speak for itself and i think that was what i needed honestly and then as far as a legacy being remembered i I really want people to take my story of the end of me leaving and choosing my happiness over everything and my peace. I want that to be the legacy. Like always choose, but don't stay somewhere. If you're not happy somewhere, change that. I want them to take that from that. Sure. Yeah, that applies to more than just, you know, a TV show, too. I think people, yeah, hearing that advice for their daily lives, that's important, vital advice from Heidi and Closet. So does this mean we will not see Heidi on any more seasons of Drag Race? I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to say that. I There's been a lot of healing in my family. There's been a lot of time for me to reflect and, and heal myself as well. So if one day they call up on Heidi and be like, we'd love to have you back for something, don't be surprised if she shows up. Beautiful. Beautiful. I can never get enough Heidi and Closet on my television. I really, truly appreciate your candor and uh, that, you know, standing in your strength with this. I think that this was a very risky choice and you were very confident in making it. And I think it was really inspiring to watch. So I wish you nothing but the best in what you do after the show, Heidi. Thank you, darling. Well, as the sounds of Heidi's mating call drift off into the great Club 96 in the sky, we thank you so much for listening today and paying tribute to Heidi's excellence with us. We will collect ourselves to return to work next week with another new episode of Quick Drag. Please make sure to rate and review us and subscribe to this feed so you don't miss our exclusive interviews and recaps ahead. Until Until then, then, have have a blessed night. Have a blessed night. Quick Drag is hosted and produced by Joey Nolte and Jillian Cedarholm, produced and edited by Sammy Junio, and executive produced by Chanel Johnson. It's weather. Cloudy weather. Ooh. I never miss a tit.